Pillow, and welcome to Milligan's Island. Happy New Year. Today, we're going to have an episode that is strictly talking about God. This may be a new year, but we serve the same God. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Milligan's Island. Um, if you haven't, please um, please continue to share this podcast. Uh, I really want to get it out there, and I want people to, to, to listen to it. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't care so much listens to me. I think it's great that they listen to me. But at the end of the day, I want them to hear the Word of God. I want them to, to know about Christ, and that's the, that's the most important thing. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a happy new year, and to God be the glory. What's up, everyone? Hope we're all doing good. Uh, hope everyone had a, a, a great Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas. I think it was really good Christmas this year. Um, I try to be thankful and know that, you know, not everybody gets to celebrate Christmas the way that we celebrate Christmas. So um, we had a really good one. It was a good time of, of fellowship and a good time of uh, worshiping uh, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and celebrating his birth. Um, I got a lot of cool things for Christmas. I got a lot of books I got to start reading, and I'm not a very fast reader, so it's going to take me a while to, uh, to read through them. Uh, I got a book. Uh, it's actually a commentary, a parallel commentary. It's called Revelation Four Views. Uh, it's <clears throat> it basically it goes through the whole book of Revelation, and there basically there's columns that show the different uh, approaches to the book of Revelation, and um, there are four different types. Of, uh, of approaches to the book of Revelation. Um, there is the historicist view who basically sees the book of Revelation as just a playing out of history, um, recorded history, um, simply put. You can go into more detail than that. But uh, there is the idealist view, which basically spiritualizes everything about Revelation, that, that there's nothing in there that's that's actually happening as literal but that everything there is just spiritually, to be spiritually interpreted. Um, so there's that one. Uh, and then the two most popular approaches to the book of Revelation, uh, there is the historist, or excuse me, the futurist view, um, which that would fall into the dispensational um, premillennial camp, is the futurist view, which believes that, you know, everything in the book of Revelation is to be uh, it's prophecy that to be fulfilled in the future. Um, and then, of course, there is the preterist view um, where they believe that the majority of the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled, um, uh, of, you know, other than the last little bit, uh, which is the second coming of Christ, um, which there are people out there called full preterist or hyper preterist who believe that Everything in the book of Revelation has 100% been fulfilled, including the second coming of Christ, the the new kingdom, uh, the resurrection, everything has been fulfilled, which uh, most Orthodox Christians count that as heresy. I, I myself say that is heresy as well. Uh, it is, but that's I can't wait to really get into that book. Um, but I got that book. I also got um, The Puritan Hope by Ian Murray. I heard so many good things about that book. So I can't wait to read that. That's going to be great. Uh, I got Covenantal and Dispensational Theologies, the four views, um, another four view book, 
which basically explains everything within dispensational theology and covenantal theology. Goes through and breaks down all of that. So that'll be a deep dive. I'm looking forward to that. I also got a, a little book called Postmillennialism Made Easy by Kenneth Gentry. Now, I heard a lot of good things about that book too. So I guess if I wanted to understand postmillennialism, uh, I've always heard that's a good a good place to go. A little thin book, so maybe that'll be a, a easier read. Also got um, a little devotional thing called Prayers and Promises for Men. Uh, that'll be fun too. A little daily thing. Um, so looking forward looking forward to all those. Uh, I got some good books, man. Looking forward to to reading those things and kind of digging into them. Look, I read really slow. I'm a really slow reader. And I'm the type, I have to go back over it really slowly so I can really comprehend what I'm reading and really get it. I don't know if anybody else is like that. But um, but yeah, had a good Christmas. Had a great Christmas. But uh, today, I want to talk about God. Um, I want to talk about God. We are going into a new year. 2023 is almost completely over. I went by really fast. But 2023 is almost over. And we're about to start 2024. Um, I wanted to read this. Isaiah chapter 45, starting in verse 5. It says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you though you do not know me. That people may know from the rising of the sun and from the setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and I create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. That was Isaiah chapter 45 verses 5 through 7. God is God. That sounds like a, a so simple statement. But today, people so um, people are so apt to um, having a lesser or a weaker view of God. But going into this new year, um, my pastor, who was also my cousin, um, he preached a great sermon this morning. He talked, uh, went into Acts uh, when he talks about the uh, ascension of Christ. And he says, this same Jesus, just as he ascended here, he's going to descend in the same manner. And he talked about how he didn't have anything this new year. Nothing new, no new revelation, no new Jesus. That it's this same Jesus is all we have this year. And he's enough. And I could say amen, amen to that. Jesus is enough. That, that same Jesus in Scripture is enough. He's enough. And there's so many people... Man, when it comes, especially when it comes to New Year, I want that new, fresh revelation. I want that new, you know, view. Um, but why? Why are so many people seeking all these new things? No, no, no. We don't need no new thing. We need to go back to what has worked. We need to go back to what is sufficient, and that is Christ. Christ Himself, He is sufficient, one hundred percent. So as we go into this new year. God is still God. He's still God. If we if we stay in the book of Isaiah, there I, I always love going here because I I just think it's a beautiful section of scripture and so much comes from this when you talk about the holiness of God. But Isaiah chapter six, listen to this. Starting in verse one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I'm going to stop there. This is verse 1. 
the very beginning of this, in the year that King Uzziah died, King Uzziah, he, he messed it up kind of towards the end a little bit, but he had been in power for 50-something years. I mean, they were prosperous. He was in power. They had a king. Now this king is dead. What do we do? What do we do? It says, in the, king, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. Guys, I, it does not matter at the end of the day. I'm not telling you don't go out and vote. I'm not telling you don't, don't do your due diligence as a Christian. It's not what I'm saying. We need to do that. We need to influence this world with Christ. But at the end of the day, whoever is seating in the White House in Washington, D.C., is irrelevant because God is on the throne. He's on the throne today. No matter who's president, no matter who is governor, no matter who is the mayor, no matter any of those things, God's on the throne. That's something we know. At the end of the day, that's something that we know for a fact. And Proverbs 21, 1 says, the king, the heart, the king, the, excuse me, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it wherever he wills. Guys, whoever is in that White House is because God wanted them there. Let me make this clear. Joe Biden is our president right now because that is who God wanted to be our president in this time. People can disagree with me on that all you want to. But if you mean to tell me that God just it just took God by surprise, that he wished somebody else was in there, but he just couldn't do nothing about it, no. It's not it at all. It's not the kind of God we serve. We serve a powerful God. We serve a sovereign God. He's in control. A lot of people say that. They don't mean it. He's in control. He is. So there's so much we can look at all through Scripture that talks about God, and it talks about just who He is and His character. And, you know, there, there's there's myriads of Scriptures. And, you know, I, I wish that... I've been wanting to get a book by John Piper. Um, I don't know what you guys' view on John Piper is, and it's kind of irrelevant, but uh, he, he, he wrote a book not too, too long ago, a fairly new book. Um, and it is, um, I think it's called Providence, maybe? I think it is. I think it's called Providence. Maybe. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's called Providence. But anyway, um, he goes through the providence of God and his sovereignty. I'd love to read that and just kind of, you know, look at that. Because he, he really goes in deep when it comes to sovereignty and and who God is and his nature. And, you know, a lot of times people disagree on certain things about God because of the character of God. And some people see things as a slight against the character of God. And, you know, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, you know, we <laughs> we all have disagreements. And, you know, that that's okay. That That's perfectly fine. But, you know, at the end of the day, God's God. He's God. That's all there is to it. And uh, if y'all heard a thump sound, like a little, <laughs> oh, I can't believe I just did that. So if you heard like a little t sound in the background there, I just thumped an ant off my Bible. So yeah, I thumped an ant off of my Bible. Imagine that. It's that time of year, guys. Ants. Doggone ants, man. Let me tell you something. I know I'm going way off on a rabbit trail here. When we get ants, we can't get rid of the things. I mean, we can't. Once they come in, it's like they bring the whole family. I mean, they're here. They're here, 100%. It's kind of like Eddie off a of Christmas vacation. 
Once he's here, you got the whole family. You know, he's here. <laughs> I always love that line from Christmas Vacation. Are you surprised, Clark? <laughs> surprised? I wouldn't could, could be more surprised when I woke up my head sewn to the carpet. <laughs> love that. Love that movie. That's a very quotable movie. Anyway, wow, getting back on track here. But there's many places in Scripture that talk about God, and I know there's a, I can't remember the exact verse right now off my head or the, the exact place uh, in Psalm Psalms, but um. He says the Lord is in the heavens and he does what he pleases. And there's also another verse that says, well, if somebody says, well, that's in the heavens, he don't do everything he wants down here. There's also a verse in, in, in Psalms that says the Lord does what he pleases in heaven and on earth. Um, so that's <laughs> that's two-way street there. He does what he wants here and he does what he wants there. Uh, God does what he pleases. He's God. Nobody can tell him no. Nobody can tell him, hey, you can't do that. You can't tell him that. Um, well, while I'm turning here, there, when we look, when we think about the new year, you know, first and foremost, we're blessed to have another year. We are blessed to have another year. And every time we talk about the new years, what's well, one thing you always hear? Are you going to make a new year's revolution? Are you going to make a New Year's resolution? I don't know. Look, look, guys, there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. Let me make that clear. There's nothing wrong with them. They ain't none of y'all keeping them, all right? I'm sorry. It's just all there is to it, <laughs> okay? Let's be honest. You can make a New Year's resolution by going to the gym all you want. It's going to last till about March, all right? Let's just be honest with ourselves, okay? It's going to last till about March, and then it's going to be over with. So but, but, and let me tell you why at the end of the day. And it may last. It may last all year long. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So, and, and there's another place. I want to say, where is that at? Many are the plans in a, in a man's heart, but the Lord establishes his steps. I mean, that, that, I mean that's plain and clear. But the Lord establishes our steps. So when we think about these things, at the end of the day, we may make plans, but God's plan is the one that's going to stand. Uh, I'm going to go over to the book of uh, Psalm 33. Psalm 33. We turn over there really quick. Again, guys, look, I, I know you all probably think, what the crap is this dude doing? But this is, I'm flying off the seat of my pants. I do it every time. I just want to come in here and talk. So you guys are, this is raw, live. Okay, so let's see. Psalm 33. Wow, I just turned way too many pages over. I got a new Bible too. I forgot to mention that. I got a new Bible. I got an ESV Bible. It's kind of funny. I lost my thin, thin line ESV Bible. I lost it. Had no clue. I looked everywhere for that. Well, obviously not everywhere because I didn't, I didn't find it, but... I looked everywhere for it, and I'm like, man, where is this Bible? I've looked everywhere for it. So I went and bought me a new one. Literally the day I got home with it, I put it up where all other, my other Bibles are, and I noticed a picture frame had fallen. Picked it up, and guess what was underneath it? My ESV Bible, and I have two of them. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, the more the merrier in my book. I love them. I can collect Bibles. But you know what? Collecting Bibles don't mean nothing if you don't read them, so... Got to get in those things. 
<laughs> got to get in them. So I want to I want to read this in in Revelation. Or, oh my gosh, Revelation! You can tell what I've been studying lately. Psalm thirty three. Psalm thirty three. Um, look at verse starting in verse ten. It says the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations. And he goes on to say, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom He has chosen as His heritage. So, it says here that the Lord frustrates the plans of the people. So that tells me that at the end of the day, God's plan, God's plan is who's going to stand. Not just ours. I mean, we could say all day long that, you know, I'm going to go plan to do this, I'm going to plan to do this. There's nothing wrong with planning. I'm a planner. Look, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I got my I got my calendar, my Google calendar. Thank God for that thing. I've got my Google calendar. I've got stuff marked off in the future. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying don't do that. But I'm saying at the end of the day, God's plan is going to stand. If it fits into God's plan, it'll happen. If it doesn't, it's not going to. That's why, and it's easy to say this, you know, sitting here in my closet with the microphone by myself. You know, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, whatever happens, it was God's plan. And we can trust him on that. That is true. It's a very true statement. But there's things that happen that <laughs> can be very painful. They can be very tough. Um, I just found out a minute ago that a, a gentleman that I knew and worked with for just a little bit, um, they his wife was pregnant and they wound up losing the baby. That's a very sad, sad time. It's a very sad moment, a sad situation. Um, did God know that was going to happen? Unless you're an open theist. Open theists believe that God don't know the future, which I think is heresy. I believe God does know the future. I think there's many scriptures to back that up. But unless you're an open theist, you do believe that God knew that that was going to happen. Could he have stopped it? Well, there may be some out there that says, no, he can't stop it. Sure can't. Well, that's not the God that I serve, and that's not the God that I pray to. It's not. I believe he could have stopped it. He definitely could have stopped it, but he didn't. So we ask the question, why? I don't know. I don't know. But one thing we do know is that God's character throughout Scripture, it says that he is good. It says that he is righteous. It says that he is holy and there is nothing that comes from him or through him that is not good, righteous, and holy. So when things happen that we don't understand, God is God and that is what faith is about. If that's what faith is about, we trust and have faith in God that at the end of the day, no matter what takes place in our life, that we can trust Him because He is good, we can trust Him because He is righteous and holy, and that at the end of the day, He has saved us from sin. I want you to think about salvation. Which one of you deserved salvation? Here, I'll answer, none of you, including myself. I didn't deserve salvation. Really? No. I definitely didn't deserve it. But you know what? God, the great condescension, God 
come down in the likeness of sinful flesh. And he dwelt among men. He lived a sinless life. And the person of Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and died a substitutionary death on the cross for my sins and the sins of whoever will believe and trust in him. That is the good news of the gospel. And that's the God that we serve. God could have sent this whole heap of humanity to hell and been just and righteous in doing so because he's holy and he has to punish sin. But he didn't do that. He sent Christ as a substitution. He sent Christ to live a perfect life, to be that sinless and spotless lamb, to die on the cross and to die a substitutionary death for whoever would believe in him. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord today shall be saved. Praise our God for that. Praise Him for that good news. And let me tell you something. The reason that is such good news is because without Christ, we are damned to hell, every single one of us. We have no hope. We have no chance. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. Any person that thinks that they can live a good enough life to make it to heaven on their own is deceived. We can't do it on our own. That's why we need Jesus. It took me a while as a young person and as a teenager to understand the gospel. I'd heard it my whole life. I grew up in church. And I would venture to say the atheist that's never been to church is easier to explain the gospel to and the spirit to come in. They're easier to convince <laughs> from a manly perspective of the gospel than these people who believe that they are saved, that's grew up in church their whole life, knows Christianese, if you will, knows all the lingo, knows quote-unquote about Jesus. They don't know Jesus, but they know about him. But I'm here to tell you guys, We've got to have a relationship with Jesus because even the demons believed and they trembled. So what's the difference between you and a demon? It's the fact we believe and trust in Christ and we follow him. Jesus, who had this big crowd of people following him, Jesus had a huge crowd. Let me tell you something. This seeker-sensitive movement that, that's been going on here and there over the past several years, Jesus would not be a fan, or the, these people would not be a fan of the real Jesus. They wouldn't be. Many people has created a Jesus in their own image. And I can tell you, it ain't the Jesus of the Scriptures. Because when Jesus had this huge crowd following him, he turned around. He didn't say, hey, I want you to live your best life. I'm here for your happiness. I'm here for your goodness. That ain't what he told them. What did he say in Scripture? Jesus turns around to this big crowd. He said, unless you hate your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, unless you hate all them and come after me, pick up your cross, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow after me, you, you, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And what was their response? They didn't, a bunch of them didn't say, oh, okay, well, awesome. No, what did they do? Many of them, they turn and left. They turn and left. 
Jesus turns to the, to the disciples, are you going to leave me too? What do they say? Where else do we have to go? Where else do we have to go? And that's the question right here as we go into this new year. This God that we serve, this Christ that we follow, we don't have anywhere else to go. He, he, is, he is everything we could ever need. He is everything we could ever want. So going into this new year, guys, I don't have, like just like what my cousin said this morning, I ain't got nothing new for you. But let me tell you, that same old Jesus, the same old Jesus that died on the cross and ascended, rose, rose from the dead, rose from the dead. And, and, and people get all bent out of shape when they hear sections of Scripture that talks about Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. People be like, oh, no, 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 no. Lazarus was rose from the dead before him. You know, Jesus rose several people from the dead. Well before he rose from the dead, so he can't be the firstborn from the dead. That's just wrong. Scripture's wrong. And I hate to tell you, but you're wrong. <laughs> because guess what? I'm gonna this is a controversial statement here, and I, I've heard somebody say this one time, and um, they had to clarify it really quickly. But I, I agree with it. But you listen to this. Lazarus wasn't quote unquote rose from the dead. He was in a sense. He was resuscitated. If Lazarus was rose from the dead the way Jesus was rose from the dead, he would still be with us today. But he's not. Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. Lazarus died again. Every person that Jesus resuscitated or quote-unquote rose from the dead died again. Okay? Jesus will never die again. He rose from the death. He rose, excuse me, he rose from, from the dead to live forevermore. And he ascended up to heaven, where he sits at the right hand of God. But he's not just sitting there, waiting and sitting there, just twiddling his fingers. What is he doing? It, the Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. You know, we talk about Christ. You look in, in the book of Hebrews. We talk about Christ being our high priest. Christ is the greater high priest. He is our high priest. But not only did the high priest go in and make the sacrifice, but they also made intercession for the people. And and that's another reason why I believe in limited atonement, which I know a lot of people don't. But when we say that Christ is our high priest, every person he went and made atonement for, he also made intercession for. And if we say that Christ died for every single little individual, then he's also making intercession for every individual that means every individual is going to go to heaven. But again, that's that's my belief. You may not hold that. That's okay. It's not what I'm here to argue about. I ain't arguing about none of it. At the end of the day, Jesus is everything. We need to run after him. We need to follow him. Because I'm telling you guys, at the end of the day, we... And I, look, I know that I say at the end of the day a lot. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a catch-all phrase for me. It, you're just going to have to get used to hearing it. <laughs> but Christ is enough. He's enough, guys. Jesus is all we ever need. I I, I don't care. It, and look, and, I, and I'm I'm willing to go out on this limb and say this, whether it's controversial or not. If Jesus is not enough for you, and you have to run after that new thing, you don't know the Jesus that I know. If Jesus is not enough for you, then you do not know the Jesus of Scripture. 
You don't know the Jesus of the Bible. Because let me tell you something, when you find out and you really get in a relationship and you know that Jesus of the Bible, he is sufficient. He's sufficient. I ain't looking for nothing else. I'm not trying to go for this new thing. Um, it's, it's not like drugs, okay? People get that first high, and they, they keep chasing that high, trying to get that. And it's never going to be like that first high. It's not like that. Jesus is enough. When you believe and trust in Christ, He is our joy. From now until eternity. He's everything. He's everything. When we get to heaven... I can care less about the streets of gold. I can care less about the gates of pearl. I can care less about, look, and this is going to be controversial again. Look, I want to see my, my family members who have gone on to be with the Lord. I want to see them. Yeah, I do. I do badly. I long to see them. But let me tell you something. That ain't at the front of the list. At the top of the list, I want to run to the feet of Jesus. And I want to fall down and worship Jesus Christ before him. And I'm telling you right now, this new year that we have coming up, I encourage you, if you do not have a relationship with Christ, if you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Christ and you realize that you are a sinner and you need Jesus, I want you to repent of your sin and I want you to believe on Jesus Christ right now. If, if, if you feel the Spirit of God moving in your heart, I want you to believe in Him. And I want you to trust in Him. I pray that everyone listening to this knows the Jesus that I know. The real Jesus. Not a fake Jesus. Not a Jesus that we've created in our own imagination. Not a Jesus that is accepting of every little thing. Not a Jesus that just sees sin as, oh, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. No, no. If we knew what sin was, sin is a transgression of the law of God. It is spitting in the face of a holy God. That's what sin is. And the fact we take sin so lightly is a travesty. It's a travesty. But today, guys, today if you don't know Jesus, the gates of heaven have swung open and all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. don't mean they might be saved. It don't mean it could, they could be saved. It means Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you believe in Christ, there's nothing else. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing in this world that can satisfy you like Jesus Christ. He is all-sufficient. He's all-sufficient. We could sit here and talk about all the goodness of Jesus. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you guys like to read... There's a little bitty, I mean, I'm talking about a little bitty book that the Banner of Truth sells uh, called The Loveliness of Christ. It's by Samuel Rutherford. If you guys ever hit time, I would encourage you to get that that little book. It's a little tiny book. Um, and it's, it's quotes that Samuel Rutherford has said about Christ, things he said about Jesus. There are some, some beautiful things. There's some beautiful things in the in that little book. There's also letters that he wrote to some of his church members that are, I mean, there it's just it's it's a wealth of goodness. It really is. Um, there's a quote, and I can't remember if it was Samuel Rutherford or Charles Spurgeon. I can't remember who said it, but um, there's a quote about Jesus, and it says, 
it goes along the same lines as what I was saying. When you get to heaven, Jesus is number one. That's who I, that's who I desire to see. It's Jesus. And this quote says something to the effect, and I'm not going to be able to quote it perfectly because I don't have it with me, but it says something to the effect of, if heaven was absent of Christ, it would be hell to me. But if hell had Christ in it, it would be heaven to me. That's how much Christ means to those who follow him. That's how much Christ means to those who really know him. That's the reason why there's so many people overseas getting beheaded and dying for the sake of the gospel. Because they know this Jesus. And they know him. Let me tell you something, guys. 2023 went by so fast. And we ain't promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. I, mean, I don't care who you are. I mean, especially in the line of work that I work in. If you're a police officer and you're listening to this video, you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you. If you don't know, now better yet, I implore you. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. You need to know him. Because I'm telling you, the, the line of work that we work in, man, Jesus Jesus is so, so absent from the police field. He is. And I hate to say that, but I've seen so... I don't know if it's because of the things that we see or, or what the case may be, but um, it's, it's, a, it's sad. It truly is. But um, at the end of the day, guys, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. When we lay our head down to go to sleep... We are not promised another day. Matter of fact, we're not promised the next second. Right now, my heart is beating. And we're not promised that next beat of our heart. We're just not. And, and I hope that every person knows that. So, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we take it for granted. We really do. There is a, a scripture that I'm, I'm actually looking for right now. For some reason, I can't remember exactly where it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. There is a scripture that talks about specifically about this. And um, I can find it here. Well, you know what? That's a shame. Ah, here it is. All right. So in Matthew chapter 6. In the very last verse, 34, it says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Specific, talking specifically about anxiety. We worry so much about things. And tomorrow has its own worry. It does, but we're not promised it. We're not promised tomorrow. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. So we definitely need to Believe in Jesus today if you don't know him. Believe in him. And uh, there's another controversial thing I just want to speak of really fast before we get off here. Jesus, we, we read in several places. We know Jesus came to, to bring, well, actually, I, I'm not going to, look guys, I'm not good at quoting things. So in, in case y'all hadn't noticed, I, I'm not a quoter. People's like, you're, you're a preacher. How can you not quote stuff? Look guys, I ain't never, look. Just because I'm a preacher don't mean I'm perfect, okay? Can I get an amen from the other preachers out there? 
don't mean I'm perfect. I, 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 there's a lot of places where I fall short. Not, you know, well, I'm short height ways too, for those that know me. But, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, I'm not, I'm going to skip past that for those. But <clears throat> in the Christmas verse that we listen, that we read all the time in Isaiah chapter nine, which is verse six, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So it talks about being the Prince of Peace and how his increase of peace will not end. And, and that is true. Jesus came specifically to bring peace between God, a holy God, and sinful man. And we need to understand that because Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 34, he says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Now that sounds contradictory, doesn't it? But listen to this. I have come to bring a sword. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about those words from Jesus. Those were words specifically from God. I just read them. Words from Jesus. I didn't come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but I come to bring a sword. What does he mean? Talk about separating father from mother and mother from, from daughter and, and all these. What does he mean by that? God's truth divides. It divides. There are times where we have to divide for the sake of the truth. There are. And at the end of the day, truth matters. It matters. Jesus said he come to bring a sword. Okay? He come to bring a sword. Because at the end of the day, there is no, this is my truth, this is your truth. Truth is not subjective. It's objective. Okay? There is one truth. Okay? And that's the truth. Every person that I'm... If I meet anybody that says, Well, no, that's your truth. Was well, that true? That statement, that's your truth, is that true? What is to me? Well, you see how this continues to fall back on itself. There is one truth. And when it comes to... When it comes to Jesus Christ, there's one truth. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. He is the Savior. He was the Messiah. He is everything. We must believe in Him today. So this new year, what better way? What better way to start off 2024 than repenting of your sin and following the Savior Jesus Christ, the one who is the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. It doesn't matter what kind of fad, what kind of the way the culture changes. Jesus never changes. He's the same. He doesn't change, guys. He's still good. He's still amazing. He's amazing. So today I implore you, I beg you to examine yourself. Examine yourself. You know, when you think about the Ten Commandments, let's just talk about the Ten Commandments here. Have you ever lied before? I imagine everybody here has lied, including myself. Yes, I have. What does that make you? A liar. Makes you a liar. It does. That's a sin. That's got to be dealt with. Okay. Have you ever committed adultery? Well, some will be like, no, I've never committed adultery. Well, what does Jesus say about that? Jesus says, I tell you, if you look at a woman to lust after her, a woman or a man, if you look at a woman or a man to lust after them, you've committed adultery in your heart already. He brings the Ten Commandments to the heart level. And guys, every single one of us is guilty. Every one of us. And you know what? If we if we break one of those commandments, we're guilty of them all. And that's what's amazing. That Jesus Christ died for our sin. So that at the end of the day, will we be, will we be guilty when we stand before God? Yes. We've sinned. We'll be guilty. 100% guilty. And we would deserve hell. Every single one of us. You say, well, God's good. He wouldn't send me to hell. Yes, he would. <laughs> He's holy. Think about it like this. Let's say there's a murderer having court. The judge says, you know what? I'm a good judge. I'm a good judge. I'm going to let you go scotch-free. You're, you're released. How do you think the families of the people that were murdered would feel? Would they think he was a good judge? No. Would anybody think he was a good judge? Absolutely not. He just let a murderer go. It's the same way it is with us, if not worse. God cannot go without punishing sin. And every person that believes in Jesus and trusts in Him, their sin has been washed away, has been cleaned. Guys, your, your, your slate is wiped clean. And not only that, even from that moment on, if we make mistakes, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus. We shouldn't sin, but if we do, if we make a mistake, if we stumble, we we can go to the Father. We can go to Christ and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. He, he will forgive us. That's what's amazing. We serve a great God, guys. We serve a powerful, wonderful, good God. And one day, everybody will bow. One day, everyone's knee will bow, and they will know that Christ was king. But I'm telling you, you can know it now. He is. Christ is king. Doesn't matter who the president is. Doesn't matter. I'm, like I said, I'm not telling you not to, to do your due diligence as a Christian. Go out, vote. Vote your convictions. But guys, at the end of the day, Christ is king. In the year 2024... When we roll over here at midnight, Christ will still be king. When it hits 20, 2085, Christ will be 
king. That doesn't change, guys. Christ is the Lord. I pray you know him tonight. I really do. I hope you have a happy, happy new year. Um, and anybody that, if you hear this and you do believe, if you if you repent of your sin and you believe in Christ and you feel that you've been saved, please let me know. I want to know. Send me an email. Send me a text message, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'll tell you what. My email, I'll put it out there. I put it out there before. I'll put it out there again. I want your feedback. Um, my email address is s as in Sierra, T as in Tango, H as in Hotel, Milligan, M as in Mike, I as in India, Lima, Lima, which is two L's, <laughs> and then India again, and then G, Golf, Alpha, November, and then the number 72 at gmail.com. S-T-H Milligan 72 at gmail.com. Please reach out to me, guys. I want to know. If you disagree with me, reach out to me. Let me know. I could We could talk about it. If you agree with me, you think I'm doing a good job, reach out. Tell me. Let me know. So I know to keep doing this content. But guys, 2023 was great. It really was. We had a good year. 2024, it's going to be good too. You know why it's going to be good? Because Jesus is still good. Amen. Jesus is still good, and I still love him. And at the end of the day, my life is for him. My life is for him. I I have no, at the end of the day, I know I keep saying it, I'm sorry, at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, my life is Christ's. I want him to do with it what he wills. I pray everyone feels the same way. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it wasn't too rambly for you. But hey, until we meet again, may Christ reign forever.